Join us this week with our very special guest, Representative Todd Warner, to discuss the recent shooting in Nashville and whether our supermajority Republican leadership will stand firm against the left's aims to use this tragedy to advance their dream of taking away the rights of law-abiding citizens. My name is Kevin Cookagee, and with my good friend Gary Humble, this is the Freedom Matters Podcast. Well, uh, this week we have a special guest with us, which I'll let Gary introduce in a moment. But in order to set the framework, it's been a, a difficult and challenging week for us here in Nashville area. And um, I want to make sure that we have the right framework for our conversation. We always do uh, implicitly. But this morning it, it came to me that part of the problem is that uh, a lot of those who profess to be believers, and there are, are a lot within our own legislature, don't actually know how to speak to the enemy. In fact, many of them don't even recognize there is an enemy. So I'm going to read from John 8, and it, it's a long passage, and then I'm going to come back and, and, and talk about it a little bit just to give us this framework. Again, so, theater of the mind. It's, it's always a little bit intimidating to me whenever someone has a, a, a well-worn Bible with about 50 to 100 tabs sticking, <laughs> sticking out of it. Not, not intimidating is not the right word. It's just to, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. You, you want to hear a funny story about that? I, I spoke at an event, and I, I intended to quote from the scriptures, but the the Bible got left in the other room, and I, I couldn't. I had to quote by memory, which worked fine. But some other guy who was at the meeting said to me, he said, "Yeah, Kevin, if I had a Bible that looked like that, I'd be carrying it around too." As if I was <laughs> boasting. I'm like, no, that's just a bad cover. It just looks more worn than it is. But okay. So um, this is from John eight, beginning at verse twelve, and I'll read the passage. Uh, bear with me, because then I think you'll see where I'm going. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards, I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put, yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Once more, Jesus said to them, I'm going away, and you will look for me, and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you, they asked. Just what I have been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy, and I have heard from him, and what I have heard from him I tell the world. 
They did not understand what he was telling them, that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what Mm. the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. And then he goes on to this. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants. You are looking for a way to kill me, because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. And this is the key. Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So I think this is relevant to our day, Gary, because, first of all, in in our day, a lot of people tend to think that we don't have enemies or because a person is considered an American by name or lives in the same jurisdiction can't possibly be an enemy. Like, oh, they're just our friends, right? Well, This passage from John, I think, is a great toolbox. Keep in mind the context, because prior to this, where I read, Jesus had just forgiven the woman who was caught in adultery, right? Unfortunately, the part of that story that's always left off is the second part, which adds the context to it, right? Jesus says, if none of your accusers are going to accuse you, then I don't accuse you either. But what does he say after that? He says, go and sin no more, Hmm. right? We hear this easy forgiveness, oh, almost an accepting of the sin, right? But that's not what Jesus did at all. Jesus didn't accept the sin. He said, no, go and sin no more. So when Jesus contends with these Jewish leaders, notice that he did not negotiate with sin or the sinners. He did not attempt to persuade them, nor was he under any illusion that he needed to temper his words or be more sympathetic to their plight, right? Jesus never capitulated to the enemy's interpretation of reality either, wondering if their agitation was somehow his fault, 
Right? You guys are all upset at me. Maybe I'm not saying things the right way. Or I should be more nice. Right? Jesus never did that. Well, On the, it was really clear from the beginning that they were speaking two very different languages. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus spoke firmly and plainly, and he identified the sin and the sinner. And how did he identify them? By their fruit. And far from trying to persuade them or cajole them, oh, you know, if I just say it differently, you'll believe me, Jesus actually explains to them why they don't believe him. And the reason they do not believe our Lord has nothing to do with Jesus or his methods. It has everything to do with them. Yeah. And it's that that argument that, uh, well, we're, we're all children of God, you know? Jesus was very clear to say, you are descendants of Abraham, <laughs> yeah. but you are not but children your of father? God. Yeah, your father. It's, I, let me finish it with this, because the premise of all this is really important. When we're talking about people, especially in Middle Tennessee, the state of Tennessee, Gary and I have talked about this many times, about how there is this... They, fa- they would say that. Yeah, this, there's this false assumption that, well, yeah. first of all, there's no bad people in Tennessee, right? Yeah. We're all good people, and, and we're Christians. The root premise for all of this is that, A, Jesus knew who he was, he knew who God was, he knew who they were, and he knew the nature and reality of sin. And how did he know these things? Well, a philosopher would say, what was his epistemology? What was his theory of knowledge? It was the Word of God, right? Yeah. The Word. Consequently, Jesus was able to discern between good and evil, right? Romans 12, 2, do not conform any longer to the patterns of these wor- of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Jesus, in fact, was the fulfillment of the men of Issachar. He understood the times, and he knew what to do, which led him and should lead all of us to understand that, A, we do have enemies, And the treatment of enemies is not to try to persuade them. The enemy cannot be persuaded. The enemy must be defeated. That's really good. And I think that's a great great premise on some of the discussions we're having today in terms of what what happened uh, this week in Nashville, which we do have a state representative, one of our state representatives here in Williamson County, where we broadcast from, Representative Todd Warner. Woohoo! Welcome. And, you know, I mean, it's it literally I'm just thinking about this, Todd, in in terms of what Kevin just set up, because we are talking about like the difference of foundational worldviews and how you address some of these problems. And we'll 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 get to the the McNally stuff at the end. I know a lot of people want to hear about that. But I mean, I think a lot of people that don't know you may recognize your name because you were the only the only elected member of our state legislature that had the gall, the audacity uh, to call for the resignation of uh, Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally after the the rainbows and the sunshine scandal. You get, you get my clap for that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and again, I think it's a, just a, a foundational difference in worldviews like Kevin was, was stating earlier. But um, anyway, uh, but, but welcome to the show. We're glad to have you and, and tell us, What's happening in the Capitol this week? Well, well, thank you, guys. It's an honor to be here with you today, and it's an honor to to represent uh, Southern Williamson County. 
crazy, crazy up there this week. Uh, of course, you know, the week started off with a terrible, terrible tragedy uh, here in our community. And uh, it's just really, really sad at what's gone on. Uh, Monday night, we suspended all the bills, uh, rolled them. Part of them was, was heard Thursday night, but we had to go into session to do that. Uh, then Thursday morning, we get there. Of course, we get word that there's going to be some protesters. <clears throat> started out being pretty, pretty peaceful. Uh, then it, uh, we had three clowns, I guess you would call them, that continued to agitate all morning. They ran in and out of session all morning and really got the, the crowd fired up and uh, the people upset. I think that's the piece right there that a lot of folks don't know about. And that actually, that was news to me this morning in some conversations that it was. And, of course, we're talking about uh, Justin Jones, Justin Pearson, and, and uh, Gloria Johnson. And the fact that the three of them, it wasn't just the what they did in the well on the floor. It was the fact that they were going in and out while this was happening, spurring up the crowd and the activity that was happening that, out in the hallways. That, that is the case. They was up in the balcony uh, up there, you know, trying to rally the troops and, and create chaos. And uh, So you had elected members that were the fanning antagonists the fanning the flames. That is very much true. Yeah, very, very true. If, forgive me. This is where I pay TC mitts. Are those Democrats, Republicans, both? All, Demo all Democrats. Okay. Yeah. All Democrats. And, 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 you know, Justin Jones, probably many of our audience have maybe never heard of Justin Jones, but he was, he's an activist and he was a, you know, he actually in his, his Twitter bio, he calls himself a community organizer. He still actually wears that label. He, he, mm. on, I went look it up this morning, state representative, blah, 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 community organizer. So he, he still proudly carries that label, and uh, that's unfortunate because as as an elected representative of the state of Tennessee, uh, no, you're you're not an activist, you're not a community organizer, uh, you're a representative there to do the business of the people, and he should be the voice of his of his district of his and, constituents, uh, and he is absolutely uh, they've lost their voice down there with him. Well, I want to I want to definitely dig into that a little bit more on what happened and where you think that might be leading. I mean, I've, and I've got some fears too I want to bring up, but I want to address really quick though. And and I'm just I'm just trying to find the truth somewhere, right? Because I'm seeing headlines of and I'm I'm watching videos. But then I'm seeing headlines of a a, a woke trans mob insurrection. And while what happened was certainly loud and bolsterous and and you know, unbecoming, especially what happened on the floor, I just got to be honest, for me, I wasn't there, but with all of the video content I've seen, I I don't know that I would use the, the word insurrection. It was primarily a bunch of kids is what it looked like to me. A bunch of kids, circus, clown yeah. show, yeah. Uh, led by the three Democratic clowns there. Yeah. Uh, like I say, it started out, you know, relatively quiet, but then it got it got kind of kind of ugly there toward the end. Yeah. And uh, we need to commend the state troopers or, or THP. They've done an outstanding job. Uh, we went. We was on the floor, I think, five or six hours. Uh, we went out to the restroom one time, and uh, they had to lead us through the crowd. They was grabbing. They was spitting. Uh, like I say, they were very nice when they started. But by the end, you know, we were being dog cussed, and uh, the troopers they were being dog cussed, and uh, but they held their own. They they done an outstanding job, and things could have got ugly, and uh, they need yep. to be commended for the mm -hmm. job that they done uh, handling the crowd. Yep. You mean you mean our our state troopers didn't open the gates and and just and just <laughs> let, let them in? in. <laughs> no, nah, they, they held them back, and they gun, they done a good job, and and for that I'm grateful, and, and the general assembly is too. Good. That's good to hear. So. 
you know, we, we have, my fear is, and, and interestingly, this morning when they were recording, I saw a, a notice come out from the Tennessee Firearms Association that the legislature is, is looking at some red flag law legislation. And so clearly I'm concerned that this, the pressure of this demonstration and the pressure to respond, national pressure to respond to this school shooting is going to have an impact. Where do you feel that's sitting right now? Uh, uh, you know, I agree with you. I think there's going to be an impact. I think there's going to be some legislation that comes, and we're going to have to decide what we're going to what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. Legislation sponsored by Republicans or Democrats? Both. Uh, probably the Republicans is what's going to pass. Uh, but uh, I'm, a, you know, I'm hearing there is going to be a a Republican sponsored effort for. I, I don't some type of gun control legislation to even if it's an appeasement. This is, you know, of some sort. All right, this is this is yeah. This, this is stunning to me because that first of all, weakness is provocative. So if they capitulate to the mob, the mob is only going to increase. Every time the mob wants something, it's mob again, right? Mobocracy. Number two, well, this is why I get so frustrated that we have the wrong men. Yourself and a few others, you know, with the exception, Todd, but so many of the wrong men in leadership from the governor on down who do not understand the times and they have no clue what to do. This was orchestrated from the start. In fact, if you look at the this trans day of vengeance, right, and, and Biden's day of uh, recognition, yes. right, all of these things are orchestrated and they come straight out of the Marxist playbook. It's the same thing that the Muslim Brotherhood used. Remember, terrorist attack, Muslims immediately come out and say, you're going to have Islamophobia, right? Which, by the way, is a term coined by the Muslim Brotherhood to disparage the people who would stop them from doing what they're doing. After every terrorist attack, the first thing they came out and said, oh, feel bad for the attacker. Blame the victim and tell everybody else that there's this great concern that we're going to have about uh, Islamists being the target, right? Never came true, never was the case, but it was orchestrated. It's the same playbook, right? Yep. Just a different page. You have a quote-unquote trans shooting. It was a woman, right? But she identified as a man. Um, I have a hard time even saying that because she's born a woman. She is a woman. The created order says very clearly she's a woman. But what happens? Immediately after the event, Blame the victim, suggest that it's the church's teachings that are responsible for this, say that everybody's going to now come after the shooter and we should protect people who have the worldviews of the shooter and pass legislation to prevent guns from getting into hands of who? Not the criminals, because the definition of crime is you violate the law. Why would passing a law ever prevent a criminal from doing a right. criminal act, right? So they're going to punish the law-abiding citizens for the act of a criminal. It's stunning to me that our legislature would ever even consider capitulating to the mob. And and one of Biden's first responses after the shooting was that trans people are the soul of the nation. From our it's, from the guy in the White that's House. Sad, very sad. <laughs> so so on this legislation, Todd. Now I'm I'm not speculating here. I'm just reporting what someone else said. I had heard this. Because you were asking, is this a Democrat or a Republican effort? Mm -hmm. I had heard this, and then the Tennessee Farms Association put it out, and it's their oh, headline, man. that that it's actually being instigated by Speaker McNally. I hadn't seen it yet, so yeah, that's, it's going to be interesting this next couple that was of weeks their, That was their coming. statement. Yeah. So that's an interesting 
tie, isn't it? Well, I, that's, why, so, that's why I put it out there. Yeah. So <laughs> Speaker McNally, who has admitted to sending, what is it, sunshines and rainbows? Oh, yeah, and and fire emojis and, and hearts. Yeah, to the very community that was behind this attack. Just then, being supportive, Kevin. Just being supportive. <laughs> being so supportive as to sponsor legislation yeah. to advance their interests. Which, by the way, the other thing we can't forget is that all of the people who are committing these acts are also tools, right? There are so many, what they used to, used to call the useful idiots, right, who are carrying out these acts, believing that the quote-unquote concern for the children is legitimate. The Marxists do not care about the children. They're using these events in order to take away our right to protect ourselves from an overreaching government. And... So moving into that arena a little bit, Todd, you you wrote a letter on on House Letterhead and called for the resignation of either the resignation or the removal, I believe. Correct. Of of Lieutenant Governor McNally. And uh I don't know, talk about that. Why did you do that? And then some of the flack that you're getting. You you I feel like you're standing by yourself, sort of. Yeah, it's felt that way a little bit. Uh, it was the right thing to do. At the end of the day, I'm going to do what's right, and that was the right thing to do. We passed two bills early in session this year that dealt with protecting our minors, one being the uh, trans- the surgeries on our children, the transgender surgeries, the other one being the drag queen, a bill that, that keeps minors from- out of drag queen shows. And I just I thought it was terrible that here we are, number two in, in charge here in the state of Tennessee, is commenting on a gay boy mm-hmm. underage Instagram page. And I think a lot of, I think that's being missed a little bit. So so for one, just for the record, these the bills on the quote unquote they call it gender affirming surgeries and having to do with the drag performances, we're not outlawing transgenderism and drag queens. No. This was about what? Underage, protecting our children. Yeah, protecting our kids. And so in in that vein it's not stated very often. I mean, you're saying it right now, but the fact that this individual in Knoxville that uh, the lieutenant governor was commenting on, I, I guess at some point when, at least when it first started, it was 17-year-old boy, right? So we know that now. We yeah. we wondered if that were the case. Yeah. So we now have evidence that... Right? Yes, that's the individual statement. Yeah. So that's his statement. Correct. Fin, uh, Finn or whatever. Yes, yeah. correct. So that doesn't that mean that... Mr. McNally has committed a crime. Well, I mean, I think that's what we're speculating. I, I, I see, you know, I have concerns. Uh, I mean, the TBI sets up stings all the time to stop this kind of stuff. Mm. I mean, so so why why are you standing all alone, Todd? I, I don't know. I don't know. What? I'll leave that in, that one for your imagination. <laughs> well, what? Well, can I ask what what caused you to have something to say? Because there there are some that are saying. What do you have to do with this anyway? Because you're not in the Senate. Because the only the Senate has the power to to remove the, the speaker. And, and I get that, but in my heart, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, it is the right thing to do. I mean, you are one of 132 elected legislators. Correct. Correct. And I and I have not had one soul. And there, may, there there's a lot more that feel the same way I do. They may feel retribution. I I don't know. But the number of constituents that I had that I had that that wanted him to see him step down, unbelievable. And I have not had one person, uh, one email. 
I'll take that back. I have had a few from the, the trans community that, that called me out for asking him to step down. Yeah. But nobody in their right mind has said, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like I say, I told you a while ago, I'm going to try to do what's right. Yeah, you have to have a clear conscience because you're measured by your decisions, not by the consequences of them. You can't control the consequences. But God forbid, literally, if this goes on, you sit before the throne of judgment and God says, why didn't you say anything? I don't want to be in that position, right? You have a duty to speak truth to power. You have a duty to speak the truth, to testify. So we commend you for that. And I say it's a shame that more have not followed you in that. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm just, I'm going to bring it up. I'm just going to say it like you, you've kind of taken some, some backlash because of this. Yes, sir. I have. Uh, 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 Maybe I, maybe disinvited from a few events. I was, I was in, disinvited this morning from uh, Williamson County Inc. Uh, they have a show once a month on Friday morning, and they yeah. thought it'd be good if if I didn't show up this a morning. A show? What is that? Oh, it's like, I don't know. Is it a podcast or uh, internet a TV show, show here right. in Williamson County that they put yeah. on at Columbia State? And you they, you know, Kevin, the the Chamber of Commerce, the the good I the, see the good folks, the Chamber of Commerce, you know. S- so this was this Rush inter- Limbaugh used to call them affectionately the, the Chamber of Commies. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you were invited previously, and then based on your asking for McNally's resignation and standing up to that, now they've disinvited you. I was disinvited this morning. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'll be invited back or not. But Too hot. Well, badge of we'll, honor, I guess. We'll I, see. I know what that feels like. Todd, <laughs> so. you know, I, re- I represent 35,000 Williamson County in South Williamson County in the city of Spring Hill, across Bethesda Duplex Road, over to 31A and back down to Marshall County. The district split half and half, 35,000 in Marshall County and 35,000 in Southern Williamson County. And, and they just quietened those people's voice this morning. That's exactly, I was going to say that. A lot of times the, the media establishment and the Republican leadership they think that they are just silencing you or they think that they are disinviting you. But what they are doing is they are disinviting and silencing or attempting to silence your constituents. That's a great point. That's, mm. that's telling. And, and I mean, you know, I, I know back in, uh, in the primary last year when I was running, you know, I, I watched Todd's race as well. And here he is an incumbent. And typically the, the, the party apparatus, as I'll call them, usually works to protect incumbents. That did not happen with Representative Todd Warner. They 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 came at him pretty hard with two primary opponents and you know, I want why is that, do you think? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Do I don't you, know if it's because I'm more conservative than some of them. You or, think it or, might be? Yeah. What may you know, but I've always tried to, you know, make friends and, you know, just mind my own business and at the end of the day I'm gonna do what's right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But uh it's it amazing, got, isn't it? Yeah, I was. Some, a, you're in a dark room. Yeah. You strike a match, and everybody's attention is drawn to the light, right? Yeah. Darkness cannot stand the little bit, the tiniest bit of light. You can go into a light room with dark, and you can't contain it. But you have a completely dark room, and there's one bit of light. They can't stand it. they got to snuff it out. The uh, I will say the uh, the constituents of the 92nd District, they, they could see through the smoke and mirrors. Yeah, yeah. They didn't. They didn't bite on all the negative. I mean, it was an ungodly amount of negative mail. Websites built to you know slam me, my family, my business, and people seen right through it. They don't buy that stuff anymore. Well, I'll tell you, I know a lot of those people too, and I I completely agree with that statement. Well, I'd love to hear some more since we have you here about some insights from from this past session, which is not quite over yet. 
But I also want to make sure, I think it's important for our audience because of some of the, the issues in legislation that we follow. Last year in 2022, we were very passionate about and supportive of a piece of legislation called the Patients' Bill of Rights. <laughs> and I just... Well, ex- Exactly what you're talking about. And we talked a lot about that, not only on this show, but uh, in our emails and through Tennessee Stands. And I just I want people to know that bill last year, we 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 filled the room, filled the halls, thousands of calls and emails, uh, really just to protect patients in the hospital. Uh, One point at which it, it's really about sort of the we call it no patient left alone right where the hospital right. has to allow visitation and things like that were some pretty devastating things we saw happen during covid in some of the hospital protocols i mean it was a common sense bill if you looked at it if you sit down and took the time to read the bill it was a common sense bill i think well i think most of us thought so but that's not always the case when you get into a committee and in a full room and you're there as a Republican in front of mostly Republicans to talk about your bill. What happened? Uh, died lack of a second. We had people that had traveled in from all over the state. That's right. Oh, we had two doctors. Uh, two doctors from out of state. And, and uh, a woman who had uh, lost her husband in the hospital who was barred from entry. And she had three young children, I think, two or three young children. This guy was like 35, 36 years old. And he's in there 30 or 40 days. Yeah, Alicia, right? Alicia Rodriguez. Yeah, that was her name. And there they didn't get the family, didn't get to say the goodbyes. She's there to testify on behalf of her dead husband. Right. And what do they do? I don't get a second. They drop the gavel and adjourn and send everybody home. Of course, now you know the one of the ones that... uh, Bob Ramsey. He's no longer there. He gone! He's no longer there. (laughs) So, let me get this right. That was was Representative Warner's bill. So, I remember talking about this. How many people would you say... Of the people that were there that day, were they all our friends or were they both sides? Oh, no, it was our people. It was our people. Yeah, so they were all there in red room. shirts with yeah. signs. Um, but you, okay. you, Let me yeah. ask you a question. you got to keep in mind, too, uh, you know, we had every single lobbyist working, there, every Vanderbilt lobbyist, every hospital lobbyist in the state sure. was working against. Yeah. And, it's, and it's sad when, when we let those people step in. They got their place in time, but this was a good bill. But the room was filled with citizens. Red shirts. Were the citizens uh, conducting an insurrection? No, sir. They did nothing was, like were there any? Were there any Republican representatives running upstairs, downstairs, inciting? To stir them up? Agitating? No. Were you stirring them up, Todd? No, I didn't stir them up that day. They they maintained their cool. Now, they was a little upset when they didn't get to testify, the ones that had drove in. And I think one of the doctors maybe maybe shouted out something there at the, uh, Kevin, at the keep, chairman. Keep but make, I don't remember seeing any that news. Point. So yeah. I don't remember seeing any news about any insurrection and how this was a, a, a real pressure point. But now let's talk about the consequence. So you have a room full of concerned citizens peacefully gathering, not even given the opportunity to express, right? Even the people that were invited, right? They couldn't right. even testify. Yeah. I mean, if, was, they wanted to, if they wanted to vote the bill down, hey, that's fine. You know, shoot the bill down, vote it down, do whatever you got to do. But don't deny these people a right to speak when they drove took time off work, flew in here from other states, and and not hear them. That's what bothered me about it. Well, and it's worse because now we have, in contradistinction to that, was yesterday, or what day was it? Yesterday? Yesterday. Thursday, yeah. You have a mob, and no sooner does the mob get there than we're hearing rumblings that the Republicans are, ooh, we better respond to the mob. 
Mm. Right? We're going to pass legislation that takes away the rights of law-abiding citizens. Isn't that something? Because the mob says that should happen. I, we hadn't done that now. I, I'm going I'm to hold my ground because I'm, I'm going to tell you a little story here, and you'll see where I'm coming from. And what happened this week was terrible. But today that we, you know, if we're going to keep blame, blaming the guns here, we're not going to fix the problem. We're never going to fix the problem. The problem we got in this state is we've took God out of school. Amen. We've got a mental health problem. Because we've taken God out of schools. Yes. <laughs> yes. Taking God out of the whole equation, by the way, not just school. So I don't know if you've heard the story. Last year, I lost a nephew. He was killed by a judge's son in Bedford County that had been given every opportunity. This guy was a true thug, been in jail. When he killed my nephew, he was out on pro. Uh, he brought him to Nashville. Was going to shoot, end up shooting him in the back three times, shot him in the back of the head, and was going to try to make it look like a drug deal had gone bad in Nashville. He drives back to uh, Chevyville. He's going to break in his house and uh, and rob rob his stuff. He gets in there and, and is doing the robbery. Mm-hmm. My my nephew's girlfriend walks in. He shoots her in the face, and she plays dead. And uh, she lives. And uh, you know this guy gets gets arrested for murder. And uh, the point I'm trying to make, or I'm going to make here, is not once did my family blame the firearm. Mm-hmm. Not once did this boy's mom and daddy blame the firearm or the family. You know, if we're going to blame firearms, mm-hmm. we're never going to fix this problem. And I'm not sure that the uh, Tennessee General Assembly is ready to, you know, just, uh, you know, change. I'm sure there's things we need to do to make sure that crazy people, thugs, uh, do not have guns. There's no doubt that this woman or whatever that, that that committed this terrible act on Monday was in their right mind. I had Senator Hensley, which in, it, which is the issue, which is des- mm-hmm. definitely yeah. the issue. Uh, Senator Hensley was in my office uh, one day this week. We had a bill we're carrying together. Of course, uh, it's passing, it's moving in the House, but seems to have problem over in the Senate no. for some reason. For some reason, right now. And me and me and Hensley sit there and have we're having a pretty good talk. Uh, Senator's a doctor, and uh, he's very concerned that maybe some of these drugs that they were giving this person, mm-hmm. I don't still don't understand, don't know all about it, but maybe some of the drugs that that they're giving these people that is is creating some of these problems. Maybe they're cre- creating depression. They're they're setting them off. They're doing something. But the, sen- the senator was really concerned about that. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that if you connect all the dots, drugs are always going to affect a person's mind, right? The, the, the side effect even of good drugs affects people's minds. To pretend that it doesn't, I think, is kind of naive. And yet, the issue is we need to take away the tool that was used by the deranged person, not address the heart of the matter. Mind you, though, that is the tool, if I can use that word again, that they use to fool the useful idiots so that the useful idiots will complain to their legislature and say, we need to pass gun reform. We need to restrict the rights of law-abiding citizens in order to prevent this criminal from getting a firearm. But the, those who are driving the wedge, they know exactly what they're doing. They don't really think it's the gun. They just want us to no longer have the guns so if they can make the narrative— to convince everybody else that they think it's the gun, then they can achieve their destiny. And and another thing you got to keep in mind with the Democrats acting the way they acted on Thursday is there's 24 Democrats, yeah. so we can can conduct business if they don't even show up. Mm-hmm. Yep, you the, got a quorum. You still have a quorum. Yeah. Yes, we have a quorum, and and that that they are very disturbed. 
that they have a hard time, you know, getting bills passed, especially when they start carrying all this radical, crazy stuff. If they don't mm-hmm. want nothing to pass, you know, if we don't want it to pass, you know, it don't pass. Right. So, you know, yesterday was a, a way of them just, you know, being able to make a show, try to make a stand, you know. Uh, it was really terrible what they did. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. I'm just saying I did appreciate that. Karen Camper and Joe Towns uh, went up there and seemed to me, from what I saw, put a stop to it and they, and escorted those young men off. Yeah, the floor. I wish they would have got there a little sooner. A little sooner would have been nice. Would have been nice, but big yeah. uh, big JoJo Towns, he went up there and uh, yeah, uh, you yeah, he was about ready to take care of business, but they got him in the break room over there and I guess got some sense talking. I sit right behind Gloria Johnson on the house floor, and they had been there all morning, you know. Talking, you know, they'd run outside and they had their cameras and well, you, you saw know, it firsthand. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then you know they, I could hear them and they were they were, you know, talking up. You know, they were making a plan about what mm-hmm. they were going to do, and they caught the time and they just charged the. Uh, let, me, let me raise a different away. point. We see this all the time. So, one of the few uh, successes that we had this legislative session is the passage of these bills to prevent these so-called transgender, gender-affirming surgeries. It is hard to say those words. Right? <laughs> That's uh, why I say the words, the words they use. Yeah. And, and then you have this tragic incident, right? And yet, what does the left do? The left doesn't take no for an answer. They actually make that the reason that they fight and the target. Think about our, our abortion laws, the same thing. Now, I would never suggest violent behavior because that's not what we do. It's not who we are. We're, no, we we peacefully no, protest. But when has it ever happened that when we lose a Supreme Court decision, when we lose legislation, that we show up in the Capitol and say, you shouldn't have done this peacefully? I'll be, no, we always give up and say, oh, well, the law is the law. I guess they won. Yeah. We ought to take a page out of their book. Again, not the violent extremist that not that page but the showing up part showing up yeah. when we have lost that would do a lot more than just giving up and saying oh well we we lose again i put out a statement earlier today and i i had you know i'll just say i'll, I'll say it again here i i got to admit you know when we were facing the the taking of our constitutional rights and these lockdown orders and mandates and slapping masks all over our kids. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we had a rally at the Capitol, but I wish I could have had one like that. I wish yep. people, sh- I wish we could get 3,000, 4,000 people to show up, you know, on the side of defending our constitutional mm-hmm. rights. And I, I, I gotta say, I, I don't know how they do it, but I gotta hand it to them. I mean, I mean, you, you got your people there. If, if we could learn how to mobilize and care that much, about showing up on behalf of our rights, I think maybe things would be a little different. I, I don't know. I, I ain't sure if, if some of the radicals that, that really was the carrying out the, I guess the roughest or the, you know, all the hollering and screaming, uh, mm-hmm. wasn't brought in. But they're somewhere. even Tennesseans. That's, yeah, even, that's they might have been shipped in here point. because when we started, when it started point. yesterday morning, there were a lot of women and children there that had concerns, and they have every right to be concerned. Mm-hmm. But then, it, as the day went on, it got more rowdy, more rowdy, more radical. And, you know, with those clowns running around. And we know that. We know they have a history. This is this is what the left does. They ship in people. Yeah. Uh, we don't know about yesterday, but we can take clues that if it's like other Marxist events, they're shipped in, they're paid. There's at least leaders within the protests that are paid. And the key reason that our side usually doesn't do these things is our side has to work. Our side has a family to take care of, right? Jobs and family. The left 
employs people who are unemployed, who don't care if they miss work, right? So there's a whole different group of people from which they draw. It, it is an uphill battle because we always have to, and it's the same challenge that we face when we're when we're fighting any piece of governmental legislation is that the government cabal, the the systematic, you know, the politically favored, they all get paid mm. by the government to do those things. We have to stop getting paid in order to volunteer to oppose those things. Yep. Todd, a little bit more of, of your, I mean, just your perspective from, you know, this session as, as it's winding down. I mean, I know for me, you weren't involved in, in all of these bills, but I mean, we were looking at, you know, medical freedoms, some Second Amendment stuff, uh, nothing having to do with election integrity got the time of day. <laughs> so um, what get just some highlights, some, uh, some of your perspective from this. Yeah, session. I'm disappointed that some of those things didn't move, you know, out of committee and get where they need to be. Just so you know, I'm on four education committees and some of that stuff that you're talking about, I'm not as familiar with. I'm familiar with the bills, but I'm not sure why they didn't, you know, what the what the reasons they didn't move on or or whatnot. But definitely there was some Second Amendment stuff that I thought, you know, we could we could get. I don't know. Uh, what the, I think the Senate's held their Second Amendment stuff up over in the Senate right now. I'm not sure what the what they've, the House is going to do. They've tabled it all. Yeah, I know Chris Todd had a bill, you know, uh, and it's been ruled on. I think un, unconstitutional, you know, about uh, where we had when we did pass the so-called concealed carry that allowed 21 and, and up the permitless carry. The, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. But, you know, we were going to change it to 18 because I think a judge somewhere right. has ruled that, you know, 18. And I'm a firm believer if you can if you can go and die for this country in the military, you know, if you're a young man married and have a family, you should be able to protect it, your family out. And it wasn't only that – I think that story is a little bit more interesting. In that case in particular, it wasn't only that the judge ruled. It was also that the attorney general laid down the sword. Mm-hmm. Attorney General Scrimetti knew. Hey, I like this guy. Yeah, he he, he, he seems to be game he, on, and he laid down and settled it. He yeah. didn't even fight it. Yeah, because he knew he yeah. knew that he knew where the problem was. So I I I got to say I appreciated that about about him. Right, right. There was something else I wanted to mention. Gosh, it was on the tip of my tongue. Something else you said. Else? One thing I mind uh I mind uh Adam was talking about legislation that that, that kind of goes with with what we and we may have hit on it a little bit before. I think we did hit on about out in East Tennessee where those Democrats that it was going to allow that the city policeman to enter enter in a contract with that private school. Mm, we did because we talked about that before. Yeah, we yeah. did. All right, I forgot that. But which those, passed? Which did pass? But there were seven Democrats, right? That voted against that. You know, yeah. my thing is, if you really care about school safety, why wouldn't you want why wouldn't you want a cop in the school? Can and we so, can we so, say what that is again? Because we talked about that. Yeah. So this our, bill is real simple. It would just allow a private school now to enter into a, a contractual agreement with a municipality mm-hmm. to provide school resource officers, uh, law enforcement into the school. So, you know, it's it's not. I mean, I, I believe via contract, the private school would would pay. For those services, right. you know, it's yeah. we're not it's, it's not we're not talking about public funding. So I don't know why in the world you would vote against that bill. I don't. There were seven Democrats that voted against it, and, and, and three and I, they're anti-law enforcement altogether. I guess. Well, you know, yeah, the re- you, know. you know the real reason. I know Gary, you, you do. You ask the question. The real reason they don't want that protection. We need the tragedies. They need these events That's that right. happen on Monday That's so right. that they can further their interest to That's keep exactly us, right. yeah, from having. We got to keep the we got to keep the blood boiling. Yep. Right. It's that's so sick. And so yeah, so three of the seven Democrats were these three at the well uh, spouting all this nonsense. I know where I was going. I was asking if you thought this was going to go anywhere. 
was having some conversations, and I know that I can't remember the House bill number. I know Ryan Williams is carrying it, but uh, SB twelve thirty five uh, in the Senate on the Senate side is Paul Bailey, um, Armin teachers. Yes, where I, is that? Are we even going to talk about that? I don't know, but I'm I have no problem with it since because I've I've been saying that since last year, right? Uh, allowing. School administrators, teachers who, I mean, it, it, there's there's protocol, right? They've got to register with the school. They've got to take a training <laughs> class. Enhanced uh, gun carrying, you know, training. Uh, I'd be game for that. I'm, I'd be all for that because what we've done, we set our teachers and our administrators up to, to, to be in weak spots. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that would have changed the outcome? Totally. Because um, the head who was, who was killed, uh, Kuntz, right? Yes, the, she, the schoolmaster. Yeah. My understanding from Headmaster. reading the police reports is that she actually confronted the shooter, right? Mm -hmm. But she was unarmed. Right. So can you imagine someone who has the courage to confront a shooter without arms if she was permitted and I think, to carry? And you, now, fact check me on this, but I think there's something already in code that, that allows uh, private school teachers and administrators to carry guns. Uh, private, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not aware. I right. don't know. Oh, but that, so you're that, saying that in this instance she could have? I think so. Now uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. So don't quote me. But okay. we might need to check on that. But, but I did bill, hear talk about that. This bill that we're talking about would allow, would allow public, it in the public schools. Public schools. Yeah. And uh, I've had three teachers since this happened text me. And you? So you? You support that? You would support I, that? I, I believe I would. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, why? Why wouldn't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we got to do something. And. We know that that works because wasn't it true? I've not read the manifesto. Has it been released yet? The manifesto has still not been released. Okay. But and that, that just, I mean, I know they got to do their investigation, and they're, they will surely they will release it at some point in time. But I hope it's sooner than later, so people can really get the truth, maybe about what really went on, what was going through this person's mind, and yeah. hopefully not redacted. Yeah, you, the longer it goes, you get the sense that it contains things that don't align with their narrative. So they're right. trying to pre, you know, how can we massage this and how can we justify holding back? But I was just going to the point that didn't it say, if not in the manifesto, they got some idea from her home that she had picked a couple of targets. And one of the reasons that she chose the target she chose was because it was the softest target Weakest. and that the other ones were too secure. Exactly. I think one of them might have been the Opry Mills Mall. Was that? That's what that, I've heard. That, I think me and Representative Chris Todd was talking about that. And uh, and his his thinking, well, she didn't go to the mall so, because okay, there well, was that, security, actually, security yeah. at the mall. That's you know? actually news to me. So, so okay, that's new to me. So she... So the, the other targets weren't even necessarily schools. No, right. no, no. Wow. No. Yeah, so... And so she chooses the elementary school. And that God, alone... The weakest, the softest. Yeah. yeah that, which confirms our point, which we always have made. Gun-free zones are an invitation they to trouble. They should be eliminated. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a bill, and uh, it died over in the Senate, that would allow college students with the enhanced gun-carrying permit to carry on... Uh, on campus. Mm -hmm. Who did I have speak out against me? At the University of Tennessee. Guy comes in, uh, their liaison or tax-funded lobbyist, whichever one you want to call them, mm -hmm. comes in, he speaks against my bill, and he says, well, we allow, and we had three people testify, two girls, one of them had witnessed a rape, the other one had almost, you know, had, if she had, she was off campus, but she had a firearm with her and was able to get to her gun and get the 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 guys that were following her to her car mm -hmm. away from her. But the guy says, uh, the guy that's testifying for the University of Tennessee says, well, our faculty 
and our staff carry guns. And my question to him was, it's okay for those folks to protect herself, and we're not going to let the students, these young ladies, protect herself? Which gets to this point, too. Sometimes when they offer that, those who are interfering with your right to carry or another student's right to carry will say, let those in charge handle it. The first thing I would say is anybody who's watched the body cam footage from Monday's event is impressed with the courage and the swiftness of the police, right? So we give them all due credit. Outstanding They did their job. But if somebody, as Gary and I talked about in last week's podcast, if a good man that was armed or a good woman that was armed was at the door, those police wouldn't have even had to have acted. It would have been solved. Maybe no one would have been killed, right? Maybe that reduced that guy, maybe if he'd heard that window break, you know, he heard the shot and went to it, you know? That's right. Man, that 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 distinction, <laughs> that distinction between the faculty and the student and their ability to carry. I, I, man, I just right when you said that, I'm, I'm thinking well, Article One, Section Two of the Tennessee State Constitution, like the doctrine of non-resistance against arbitrary power and oppression is absurd, slavish, and destructive of the happiness of mankind. I mean, the fact that we as a people, even for this long, have been able to stomach these arbitrary enforcements Mm -hmm. on the limitation of our rights in order to protect ourselves. I mean, such a, such a basic right, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to protect my own life is taken by someone is just insane to me. By someone who on the same token, on the other hand, will do everything to protect him or herself. Their own. Right. And we see that with, with security for, politicians security for entertainers security for athletes you know it's it's good enough for thee but not for me as we close up so we're, we're closing out 2023 you know we'll be coming into the last half of the 113th general assembly in 2024 what are a couple of hopes maybe you have looking into the future a little bit well, uh, we didn't talk about the big transportation bill we passed yesterday. Oh, yeah, that wonderful choice lanes. Uh oh, <laughs> we did not. And yeah. uh, I, I, were were you were you one of the ten that voted no? I think there were ten no's in four, the house. Yeah, fourteen. Were there maybe. more? Fourteen. Fourteen. I was one of the fourteen. Okay. Yeah. And uh, has this passed both houses now? It's Senate done. House. Yeah, it's head to the governor. Uh, the problem I had, I'm for spending the money. I think we need to spend the money. The growth around here is astronomical. We all agree on that. We do have a traffic problem. The problem I had is with the private partnerships. That's the part I didn't like. Uh, I had some contracts. I've been talking to the Department of Transportation down in Texas, and uh, those contracts down there have no compete clauses. Uh, For like the, 50 the, years or something. Isn't it with, really with the state outrageously long? So I'm going to give you for an incident, and I hope we, there's legislation that we can pass later on that stops this. Uh, I want to make dom- sure everybody hears. This isn't just Gary Humble talking. This isn't this is the state legislator. Yeah. That, and, okay. And for those of our listeners, all these missed- all this misinformation that Gary spreads. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I done my home. Could, I done my homework on this one. Tell, but tell our audience, slow it down as we talk about this because Gary and I mentioned it, and Gary went into detail. But for anyone who's just listening. Let's talk about what this allows a private company to do and will not permit. When you're talking about non-compete, break it down a little bit. All right, I'm going to try to break it down the best I can. I'm going to use an example right here in Williamson County, South Williamson County. Let's say if this new company that's coming in is going to build these choice lanes, which to me are 
tow lanes. Mm -hmm. They call them choice lanes. They won't call them that. But you, 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 gotta, you pay to get you in. Pay to drive on them. It's a tax to, to use them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, they're going to build these lanes. Let's say they take eight forty down here from eight forty into downtown because. Really, in rush hour, that's where it needs to go to. Right. If you're going, if you're going to make a difference, it needs to at least go to 840 or probably now really the, the, the new further. the new uh, interchange that's being built down at Spring Hill, maybe, right there. Maybe take it all the way down to Buckner. Yeah, you know? yeah, that'd be nice. But let's say if they, this company comes in, they build that choice lane on the side of Interstate, and we've been told that it can't take any existing lanes, so it'll have to be new construction. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's say the state comes over, and we have a problem right down there now at Christ Lane. When you get off 840, you come down on the 431, and then you got people trying to turn on to Christ Lane. Mm -hmm. Well, they can't get turned on the red light there. They can't get turned on. So they're backed up 431 where you can't get off 840. Then yep. you've got people up on 840 that's, that's backing up. I guess they're coming west in the westbound lane backing up that can't get off. To 65. To, yeah. yeah, on to 431 and 65 at times. So uh, the way these non-competes is going to work, let's say if the state wanted to come in and uh, widen 431, which runs parallel mm -hmm. with 65. Yep. To just, relieve just some of that congestion. To, to relieve some of that congestion, they're going to have to get this company's permission to to Can do you that. imagine the company based out of Spain? By the and, way, and 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 you know, wait, my, wait, let's slow that down. <laughs> a private company out of Spain has been given the opportunity or the right. Yeah, we to don't know where the, us. Well, well if, if it's the same okay. company that they're looking at that does Texas, yeah. they're central. I think there's two companies we were told uh, that that do this kind of thing. But yeah, they would have to get that. Uh, you know, get permission from the state to to make improvements to those roads, and that only makes sense because you know the company's not going to want to use lose revenue from those lanes. They want they want to funnel you into the lanes that they've spent billions of dollars right. on generating. Already. So and that's we the have problem. consigned. So we've consigned our representation to a private company for how many years? Fifty. Fifty uh, years. usually on these contracts. I'm not going to be here in fifty years. I don't think none of us will be. My children might be they'll be older yeah i might not be Oof, that's getting yeah yeah that's getting rough. out there but that's the problem it's i had with the bill other than that, the producer my producer might be here in 50 years uh <laughs> that's that's the only problem i, I mean we got to spend the money we got to do something i'm for spending the money but the private partnership is where where i had a problem and 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 you know who's going to tell these, these this company who, to set their fees I mean, what kind of fee are they going to charge? A, a point that the lady out in Texas made to me out there is, you know, when they first set these fees, they're not going to know how many people's mm -hmm. going to use them, how many not. So they come in, they set the fee, they're not making enough money. Then you, can almost, yeah. you can almost bet the first time they set that fee, it's never going to be enough. Well, and they and it fluctuates during the day. when When you need to use it, during rush it's hour, most expensive. it's like ten bucks. Yeah. Uh, when when it's like you know two o'clock in the afternoon, it's like you know ninety five cents. I've never been on one, so so I don't know. But that that was a concern I had was you yeah. know how would we how would we control it and we would we be giving up some control of some of these roads that run parallel to our interstates? Mm. Wouldn't it be great if all of the Republicans in the legislature were asking questions like that? Like yeah. should we let should we relegate? user fees and non-compete clauses to private corporations that may or may not even be domiciled in the United States. It would be great if they understood a little bit of world history and understood that this is the true definition of fascism, right? Giving to private companies the right to do things that a government could never do. We could have it. We, I know we touched on it and we've got to end here. But we touched on it last week 
and it's it's a growing concern about how much privatization is happening at the behest of the government simply to avoid all of the unconstitutionality of what they're doing. Final question, Todd. So if by our misfortune this constitutional amendment that would allow the state of Tennessee now to invest our tax dollars in such a way that we would own now private companies like China uh, passes the Senate and gets to the House how will you vote on that, sir? Uh, I told the state treasurer, which he has done a wonderful job. Agreed. Outstanding job managing Agreed. our money, our retirement systems, and I can't, you know, can't explain all of them that he's done. But uh, I let him know in my office this week that I was a no vote. Yeah, and and I and trust him. You. I trust him fully. Yeah. But what's going to happen? Not sure if I trust the guy twenty years from now. Exactly. Though. What if the Democrats take back, you know, take mm-hmm. back over in twenty years? Yep. You know. So <clears> that's, never that's my, trust men. That's my concern. Because what does Alexander Hamilton say in Federalist 6? Men are... You take it, Gary. Rapacious. <laughs> ambitious, vindictive, and rapacious. rapacious. God help us. Amen. If you'd like to learn more about Tennessee Stands, visit TennesseeStands.org to donate, volunteer, or get more information about what we're doing to preserve liberty for the people of Tennessee. You can also follow along on all social platforms at Tennessee Stands. As Thomas Paine reminded us, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigue of supporting it.